Today, I preach perhaps the most foundational psalm out of 150 psalms in the Bible, perhaps the most foundational, and it's Psalm 1. Uh, this is the first of four psalms that we're going to be looking at in the next uh, four weeks. We start here with Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is foundational. It's one of those ultimate psalms. It describes the life of the blessing and it describes the life of, of those that choose to forsake the blessing and go their way. The way of the blessed person, it says he's like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment or sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the sinner will perish. It's a foundational psalm that describes the ultimate outcome for every human person that's ever lived, everyone will end up blessed or they will perish. The first word in Psalm 1 is blessed, and the last word in Psalm 1 is perish. And those are the two outcomes, the two outcomes of humanity. Now the amazing thing is, the blessed person is the one who's described here. Blessed is the man. Now this is of course uh, used generically. It's not just the, the masculine, it's the feminine. It's, it's hu humans, people. Blessed is the person. And then there are three negatives and two positives. I want to focus on the positives because that's really the punchline of the psalm. Blessed is the person whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, I want to entitle this message, The Bible and the Blessing. All summer, we're looking, 14 weeks, we're looking at the blessing. And some weeks, I know some of you have gone home thinking, oh, I wish... I wish my husband would bless me the way Fred blessed Sherry. I wish I was on a ministry team where, or, or a workplace where the employees blessed each other. I wish I was in a family where my children would, would bless me and, and where there was lots of blessing. And, and we can compare ourselves to others. But here, there is no victims in Psalm 1. What we find in Psalm 1 are choices. They're choices. And no matter where you are, regardless of how your spouse treats you or the way your parents or your children treat you, you today can choose the blessed life. Amen. When I was a teenager, I was challenged to memorize Scripture. I was challenged to be a Psalm 1 person. And every year now, for 50 years, I have rememorized Psalm 1. I chose as a youth to live a blessed life. 
And I've chosen every year since to choose the blessing. And it says very clearly, there is one operative difference between the blessed and the cursed in Psalm 1. And the only thing that determines that is not circumstances. It's not the family you were born into. It's not the condition of your marriage. It's the disposition of your heart toward the Word of God. That's the determination. That's the only thing in Psalm 1 that makes the difference. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now it's amazing to me that the Psalm 1 does not say the word of the Lord. It explicitly says the law of the Lord. Now there are not many preachers who preach the law of the Lord. Not anymore. But here it explicitly says his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, the law explicitly refers to what's contained in uh, Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Ten Commandments. In the broader sense, the law are the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's the law. Now, most of us, if we're going to be real here, would say, well... I might delight in the Bible, or I might delight in the promises of the Word, but, but to delight in the law of the Lord, that might be a stretch. But, but what, what makes the difference here, the blessed person delights in the law of the Lord. Now, Jesus clearly delighted in the law of the Lord. In fact, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He didn't say you'll um, live in the promises. He said, if you love me, you will express your love for me in your obedience to the law. So what Jesus was saying is, if you love me, you're going to love the law. Now, as I've thought about this, I wanted to relate this to us. I cannot think of many things that I delight in. Now, I enjoy um, uh, uh, one of my ribeyes. I enjoy a good, juicy ribeye. But I don't delight in it. I, I enjoy uh, golfing. I, I enjoy a good shot and putting a few of them together and, and a good score on a round of golf. But I, don't, I can't say I delight in, in golfing. Uh, I love what I do. And I enjoy it, but, but I can't say I, I delight. Now, now, the only thing I can say for sure that I delight in is sharing. I delight in my wife. I, I delight in her. I, I delight in loving her. I delight in her loving me. I delight in communicating with her and hanging out with her and spending time with her, praying with her. I, I delight in that. But that's about the only thing I can say I delight in. But now notice this. Delight is nothing external. Delighting is not something you, you do. Delighting is something you feel. And, and, it, and, it, and it's not synthetic. It's something that starts down deep inside of you and, and, and affects 
you from the inside out. And that's where the blessed person lives, from the inside out. Blessed is the person whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, that inner delight will, will show itself outwardly, and then it continues. And on his law, he meditates. Now get that. He meditates day and night. I've learned over the years, if you're going to meditate, it's something that you can't do part-time. It's something that you do day and night. Meditating is where your thoughts go in your spare time. It's where your thoughts go when you get out of bed in the morning and when you're laying there on the pillow before you conk out at night. That's what you meditate on. It's what you think about when you're in your drive time in your car or when you're taking a walk or getting some exercise. That's what you meditate on. And the blessed person meditates on God's word. Now, to, to explain meditation a little bit further, would you all hold up your hand, please? Just one hand. Just hold it up. Now, those five fingers, I want to show you something. The, the thumb refers to hearing the word. Hearing. Hearing. Uh, the, the forefinger refers to reading the word. Uh, the middle finger refers to studying the word. Uh, the ring finger refers to memorizing the word. But the, the pinky refers to meditating on the word. Now let me say them again. Hear, study, uh, hear, read, study, memorize, meditate. Now let me just show you this. If you're going to get a good grip on the Bible, you need five fingers. There's not, if you've got good balance, you might be able to suspend it with one finger. If you've got two, you've got a decent grip on it. If you've got three or four, it's increasing. But if you get all five, you've got a pretty good grip on the Word. And when it comes to meditating, the advantage is it's not just something you hear, like on a Sunday sermon. It's not just something then you go home and read about. It's not just something that you study or even memorize, but having uh, heard, read, studied, memorized, then it's something that you actually meditate on. You chew on the, the word, and his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his word he meditates. It's the root of that word, meditate, is to chew like a cow chews its cud. You swallow it, you memorize it, but then it comes back up and you chew it some more. You meditate and you swallow it having memorized it, but it comes back up and you chew on it some more until it's fully digested into your life. That is the key here of Psalm 1 is to not just be people, oh yeah, I believe the Bible. Well, good for you. Does, do you, but, but the question is, does, nowhere does it say here to believe in the Bible. It says delight in the Bible. And not just to delight, but everyone who truly delights will also meditate on the law of the Lord. And look at what it says about this person who meditates, who hears, reads, studies, memorizes, 
and meditates. Look at what it says. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. Stability. Bears fruit in season. Fruitful, prosperous, prolific, whose leaf does not wither. Vibrant, lively, creative, growing, maturing. And whatever he does prospers. The prosperous, successful, blessed person. It's no accident. He is one who first of all delights in the law and because of his delight in the law, he meditates. He hears, reads, studies, memorizes, and meditates on the law. Hallelujah. That's the blessed person. Blessed is this person. Now, in all fairness to the text, it starts off with three negatives. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, I want you to think about those three. It's easy to see immediately the downward progression. You, you walk with them, then you're standing, and then you're sitting. But that's not the real point. The, the point is this. This is the standard fare for our culture. Our culture, the world system, is full of people. And many of them are opinion makers who set the pace for walking with wicked, of standing with sinners and sitting with mockers. Now, the, the, the walking with sinners, this is talking about a lifestyle. Whose lifestyle do you emulate? Who are those that set the pace for you? The, the, if, you if, if you do not care whether your life is blessed or not, you can go ahead and walk in the way of sinners, develop a lifestyle that is patterned after the sinful pattern of our culture, or stand in the way of sinners. This is talking about worldview. What perspective do you have? This past week I read an article on a, a car in Italy that was clocked at going 437 miles an hour. Uh, did you see this? Now, it, it is impossible for a car to go 437 miles an hour. Yeah, but it was clocked in Italy going this fast. And it was not a Maserati or a Ferrari. It was a Ford Focus. So you can be sure it was not going 437 miles an hour. The, the radar detector was completely off. And while it, it was clocked, and, and, and he, 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 there's a way to take a picture of the screen on a radar gun, and they did. And, and so he did clock this person going that fast, even though it was completely wrong. Many of us are using faulty instruments to gauge the speed or, or excitement of lives that we're living with. The opinion makers of our generation, in a sense, have faulty instruments. 
And we, as the children of God, we have an instrument that is not faulty. We have a radar gun to detect and to discern truth from error, blessing from cursing, that which is the way of the wicked or that which is the way of God. And for this reason, the scripture says in Romans 12 verse 2, do not be conformed any longer to the ways of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may be able to discern and test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and acceptable. And that's why we have the word of God to, to transform our minds and to break step with the world system. Um, Normally, I am diligent in reading five news feeds every day, uh, watching uh, at least one evening news, and uh, stay abreast of everything. Lately, I have found that to be the most depressing time of my day. And in, in re-memorizing Psalm 1 this week, the Lord spoke to my spirit and said, Fred, if you are spending more time listening or reading news than you are uh, meditating on the word of God, you are in trouble. And I submit that to you as my beloved church family. If you have been spending more time listening to news and looking at the news feed on social media, then you are getting your cues from the Word of God. It's no wonder you're feeling depressed. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the way of sinners or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. This is not for the elite. This is not for the pastors and the missionaries and the, the, the career Christian servants. This is for all of us as brothers and sisters in Christ. God calls us to the blessed life and the blessed life is the Bible life. Amen. And God wants us to delight in this word and to feed on it. To feed on it as we would uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. To feed breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the Bible. This is not religious talk. This is the blessed life. If we don't land here safely and solidly, um, we are really blowing smoke here with this blessing series. If during this series you don't choose the Bible life, you're not going to get the blessed life. It's not going to happen. And notice, every bit of this is a choice. It doesn't say blessed is the man um, whose parents love the Lord. It doesn't say blessed is the spouse who, whose uh, uh, spouse blesses them every week. Or, or blessed is the, the team that gets along perfectly in the workplace. 
or blessed is the teacher who's uh, teaching under normal circumstances. It says, blessed is the person who does not walk with the wicked or stand with sinners or sit with mockers. What, none of that is victimization, they're choices. Who chooses not this lifestyle, not this opinion maker, not this philosophy of life, but chooses this philosophy of life. Chooses and, and, and has not only made a choice, but who lives in such love relationship with the author of this book, and has gained such a place of trust with the author of this book that if he says this is the blessed way, we say yes, that's what I choose. It is, blessing is, it's, it's all by God's grace, but he offers it to all, and for us, it's a choice. When it says or sit in the seat of mockers. Now just listen to this. The mocked mock, the cursed curse, the wounded wound, those who mock or scoff at holy things, at, at taking stands that are righteous, that don't go with the flow of culture. Those that mock, mock because they themselves are living in a, in a mock. Their hearts are resonating with, with a mock. They're, they're hearing the voice of mocking against themselves and that's what they give to others. And that is not what God has for any of us. No, this word is written to break off the mocking, to pull out the, the wounds, the arrows, the spears, the curses, to expunge them from us. That's why it says in Ephesians 5, it talks about the washing of the water of the word. Oh, God wants us to, to open this book, not to check it off like, okay, five minutes, I'm done with that today, but to delight in it to take a Sunday afternoon and to spend an hour, two, three hours in this book. I've just finished studying 25 Christian heroes from every continent, our own, Asia, Europe, all over the world, Africans, and they all had one thing in common. God, every one of them, all 25, started destitute. Slaves, slave traders, persecuted, raped. Everyone started from a curse. And 25 for 25, every one of them became addicted to the Bible. Five, six, seven, eight hours straight of reading the Word. And reading wasn't enough, so they would memorize the whole book of Matthew, the whole book of, 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 of Acts. I've been astounded to see the habits of those 
that God has mightily used in the past generation. Now, my vision for you and for us as a people is that God will raise up here from among us champions, world changers. And you will never become a world changer unless you have been radically changed by the Word of God. It'll never happen. You want to change the world. People, we ought to be changing the world. We ought to be setting the pace for culture. For that to happen, we need to be changed. Radically changed. Andrew Kirk, you're going to Wheaton College. My freshman year of Wheaton College, I was challenged to memorize scripture. And I memorized scripture. I said, Lord, I can't do this. I memorized it my first semester and I got on the honor roll. I said, I can't keep this up. I'm not going to do it the second semester. And I did not know. I said, I got too much. My studies are too hard my second semester. And I did not get on the honor roll that semester. So I said, well, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to memorize scripture the fall of my sophomore year. And that year I got, that semester I got on the honor roll, even though I was memorizing scripture. The third semester I thought, I'm going to try this again. I'm going to study real hard. I'm going to take the easiest classes. And I, I'm, I'm, but I'm not going to meditate on scripture. And I, 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 I missed it. Somehow I got a D in badminton. Stop. Come on. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I don't know how it happened. I, I could whip any of you in badminton, I'm telling you. It's like I invented the game. I, I know wow. badminton. I couldn't get on the honor roll because of being badminton. No, don't, don't tell yourself, oh, I got more important things to study. You do not. You never have more important things to study. Right on. No. I ask you, stick a, stick a meter inside of your heart right now. Do you delight in the Word of God? Do you delight in the Word of God? If you delight in the Word of God, you will find time to hear it, read it, study it, memorize it, and meditate on it. Hallelujah! Yeah. Blessed is the man who walks not in the council of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of mockers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever he does prospers not so the wicked they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the assembly of the righteous or sinners in the judgment. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, out in front here on the asphalt, getting a little toasty, are two boxes of Bibles. They're the identical Bible that I'm currently reading and I'm holding before you. And God's had me on a pattern to, years ago, and you all know this, I read through the Word every, every year. Sometimes three, sometimes four times a year. I say this not to impress you, 
because God is spurring me on and he, the Lord's been telling me, Fred, I want you to read more. I want you to delight. And when you do, when you do, when inside of you there is a delight in this book, when inside of you there's a delight in this book, then you will meditate day and night because you can't get enough of it. May God reposition us as a people under the Word. That we would come under the Word. That it would permeate us. And brothers and sisters, the last thing I want to just say to you, don't look at this as a, like an Encyclopedia Botanica, like, oh, let's look at how huge that thing is. I can never read that. Don't worry about it. This is God, no, listen carefully. This is God's love letter to you. This is His love letter. He's written this because He loves you. This book reveals Jesus. This book invites you into a love relationship. That's why it's possible for you and your spouse and your children and others to not just believe it. Frankly, we settled for just believing it. God wants us when we are in love relationship with the one who wrote this, we don't just believe it. We delight in it. Hallelujah. Because when your heart delights in this book, delights in it, then you have received really the ultimate blessing in life. The one that you're going to have when you're with him forever. Is you delight in the Lord. It, you, it's utterly impossible to delight in this book unless you delight in the Lord. The fact that you delight in this book, it's evidence that there's a deeper delight in you. You delight in your love relationship with the Father. Now, if you do not have a Bible right now that you're actively reading, I, I want to challenge you, it's time for a new beginning, and I encourage you to come and get one from one this box. Um, I can read this at my age, I can read this without glasses. Now you can get larger print Bibles, there are larger print, this is not large print, you can see how small it is. But I can read it without glasses. So it's got good print. And uh, they're ten bucks, if you don't have it on you today, um, we trust you for it. Don't leave without one. If we run out, we'll go and get more. But it's time for us as a people of God here in the middle of this summer, when there's so many confusing news flashes every day, God wants us to lift our sights higher, to not sit in the seat of mockers, but to delight in the law of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, pour out on us as a people. Pour into my heart a delight in the law of the Lord. And move me, move me, move me to delight in the law of the Lord day and night. When I wake up in the middle of the night, when I'm driving in my car, when I'm sitting in my home, 
when I'm on my back porch, Lord, move me to the place where I meditate day and night on your law. In Jesus' name, amen.